Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Jeroboam tried so hard to build his own kingdom rather than just take God up on his offer to build it all for him. I mean, when God himself offers, look, I'll build everything for you. And you say, no, I'm going to do it my own way. I'll I'll just take over. I mean, you just blow it. You know, what's tough about this is we have now seen two men that should have trusted in the Lord enough to let him take care of everything, right? Rehoboam and Jeroboam, what were you two guys thinking? You were told, you were told directly, you had it. Well, friends, hold on a minute, because here it comes. All right, get ready. Before we point at them, why don't we take a look at ourselves first? You know, just like these two kings, we can point at them and say, oh, man, you're so foolish. Why'd you do this? Friends, we have been offered two grand opportunities. The first opportunity that we've been offered is reconciliation. This is like what David faced. David sent Abner to the Benjamites to reconcile them back to the kingdom again. He played his cards wisely because they had differences with each other. Old grudges, old hurts, old pains. Rehoboam had the opportunity to reconcile extreme differences between himself and the northern tribes, but he foolishly rejected wise counsel. Romans 5.10 says, We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So friends, we've had our own extreme differences with Father God. But just like David sent Abner to reconcile the people back as king, God sent Jesus to reconcile us back to himself to be king also. But sadly, there's a lot of angry Rehoboams out there today. They still reject the wise counsel of being reconciled to God, simply because they're more concerned about what all their friends are going to think of it. Proverbs 19 and 20. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. So we need to listen to wise counsel. Friends, I'm trying to offer you wise counsel to receive Messiah Jesus as your Lord and let reconciliation begin between you and him, and also the reconciliation can also flow to people you've had differences with. There's your opportunity, first one right there. So the second grand opportunity we've been offered is to worship God, to worship God. Worship is an opportunity for us to express our thankfulness and our gratitude to the Lord. Worship's not just singing. You can worship in your work. You can worship in how you give. You can worship in your prayers. That's an act of worship. 
You can even worship God through the confession of sin, and you can also worship God through studying his word, studying the word of God. You can even worship the Lord God all day long because worship is a lifestyle. It's not just the short little 20, 30 minutes of a church service where everybody sings. Worship is how you live your life. But the problem is that when we try to glorify ourselves, then that's when we make the same mistake that Jeroboam did by trying to build our own kingdoms our own way. And when we try to do that, it always ends up with us bypassing God out of the way because we like to set up other things to worship. You know, like Jeroboam, he set up the golden calves. Now, I know you're thinking, well, there ain't no way I'd set up a golden calf, Ray. Come on. Well, if for us today, it's a false god. It's just a different kind of gold. Maybe it's not a golden calf. Maybe it's the false god of money. Again, it's something that we worship. It's something we'd rather have before God. It's something we want to credit. Instead of saying, God got me out of this problem, Will will say, oh, well, my money got me out of this problem. I hear people all the time say, I need to make more money so I can fix all my problems. Really? You think more money is going to fix your problems? What about praying to the Lord God and let him deal with it? You know, friends, don't let today's culture corrupt you to the point of worshiping other things, false gods, just like how Egypt corrupted Jeroboam. He lived in a bad culture for a while, and it corrupted him into worshiping golden calves. Friends, don't let our culture today make you make your corrupted thinking believe that, well, you know, if I just had more money, I can fix everything. No, you can't. It's not by that. It's by the Lord God who gives all things. Now, it's so easy for us to look at Jeroboam and think, dude, why didn't you just take God up on his offer to take care of everything? Well, friends, why don't we do the same thing? How come we don't just take God up on his offer? to take care of everything. Matthew 6:33. Jesus said, "Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added to you." I know you're trying to fix things in your life and you're thinking it's the money going to do it. No, it's not. You need to seek first the kingdom of God. You need to do what God says, do it his way. Remember Jeroboam set up priests that were not Levites. He set up golden calves. He set up high places. That's not the way God did anything. He tried to do things his own way, and he's going to make things worse. Friends, you can't do things your own way. It's going to make things worse. You've got to do things God's way. Seek first the kingdom. Pray. Ask God, Lord, say, Lord, what what do you want me to do? I know money isn't the answer. It hadn't fixed it yet. I've been trying to make more money for a long time, and it's just totally messing everything up. God, what would you like me to do instead? I, I, I would rather hear your say on it. That's the way you ought to come to, before the Lord. Seek him first and let him deal with it. Then all these other things that you're trying to fix, then he will give that to you. So can I ask you a question? Can I ask you what we wanted to ask Jeroboam? Why don't you just trust Jesus with it? Don't you know Jesus said he'd take care of everything, right? Why don't you just trust him? with the offer he's given you to add all these things to you. When you try to do your things your own way, you actually end up blocking people from seeing Jesus at work in you. You know, Jeroboam did the same thing. He tried to distract people away from the Lord. He set up other things to keep them from going to Jerusalem and seeing God the way God wanted to be seen. And when you try to do things your way in your life, You're trying to block people from seeing 
Jesus working in you the way he wants to be seen. So don't distract people away from seeing God in your life. Today, we've seen two foolish guys who both blew their grand opportunity. One guy re- rejected reconciliation between tribes that he could have he could have done it right. He rejected reconciliation, a decision that could have brought people together, and that would have brought blessing. And the other guy, he rejected trusting in God, which also could have brought blessing. And so your two grand opportunities are this. Number one, to accept reconciliation. Romans 5.11 says, We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Friends, reconciliation is when you've got two different people with differences between each other, they resolve their differences and they come back together again. That's reconciliation. And it's through the Lord Jesus we now have reconciliation because we sinned, we messed up, we once had our differences with God in our sin, but God, Father God sent Jesus to reconcile us back to him, even though we did stupid things. <laughs> and God mended the old wounds that caused such a long, bitter, grudged division between us and him. Friends, that's the gospel message right there. And we just read the gospel message in 1 Kings 12. Some of you say, well, I'm a, I'm a New Testament Christian. Well, there's the gospel in 1 Kings 12 in the Old Testament. And, you know, maybe you're thinking, okay, Ray, look, but but I've accepted salvation from Jesus before. Okay, maybe so. You did not blow that grand opportunity, but how are you doing in the second opportunity, which is trust in the Lord? How are you doing on that one? So maybe you remember there was a day that you said, Jesus, I make you Lord, and you said the words everybody told you to say, but you're not trusting in God at all. You're trying to manage and build your own life. You're trying to do your life your way on your own terms. And you're worrying about it all the time. Things ain't going right. It's difficult. It's frictional. You're upset. You're depressed. Oh, why is this happening to me? And you're getting upset about everything. Friends, that is not what trusting in the Lord God looks like. It just isn't. And you know it's not. So you accepted the first grand opportunity to receive Jesus. Great. But how are you doing with the second one of trusting in the Lord? Today, I hear more supposed Christians who've told me they've given their life to Jesus, but they are so strung out and worried and scared of every little thing that's going on. I just have to ask the same question that we threw at Jeroboam. Why don't you just let God do it? You're not letting God do it. Oh, but yes, I am. Really? Really? Why are you feeling like you're feeling if you're trusting God? That does not add up. You're so worried. You're upset. You're mad at everybody. You feel like you're the victim. Everybody's out to get you. Why are you not trusting in God? He said he'd deal with it. Why don't you just let God do it? He already said he would. The problem is that just like Jeroboam did with those golden calves, you've allowed your way of thinking to be corrupted by an ungodly culture. Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Friends, we've been given this grand opportunity to mend old wounds. We've got them out there in our world, and also to trust God in our worship. Rehoboam wasted his grand opportunity. Jeroboam 
wasted his grand opportunity too. Friend, don't waste your own grand opportunity. Romans 10 verse 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It does not say you might be saved. It says you will be. That's a guaranteed promise of God. That's God telling you, I will take over. I will make it good. Something that you could never fix, something that you could never reconcile, something that you're just not good enough at, I will do it. But you got to let me do it. Friend, let God do it. Making Jesus Lord is not just saying Jesus is Lord. You got to understand what a Lord is. A Lord, if you remember the feudal system, a Lord was a boss who owned everything. Everything was his. And a Lord merely lets the people use what's his. Let's say a Lord had land and trees and crops. The Lord let the people use his trees, his land, his crops. They could carve out a living of their own. They could use his trees to build their homes, his crops to eat everything they wanted to eat. Hey, it's, it's here for you. Have at it. But, but it is mine. It's, you can do what you want and live well off of it, but don't forget whose it is. It's the Lord's. And so when you call Jesus Lord, that means you use what is his for the purpose of doing his will with it. And so, friend, have you given your life to Jesus on that kind of a level yet? Not just pronounce it like it's magic words, poof, I'm saved. Oh, Jesus is Lord. There, I said that when I was I said that when I was 16 in church camp, so I'm good. But you're not trusting in the Lord today, and you're all worried and strung out and messed up. You're blowing your grand opportunity. You really got to trace back and determine, did you really give your life to Jesus as Lord or not? Because if you did, then you also have to realize the promises he has made to you, that he will build everything for you. Just like he promised Jeroboam, do it my way, and I'll build everything up. Friends, the Lord gives you the same grand opportunity. If you do it my way, if you seek first the things of the kingdom, then I'll give you all these other things. Friends, let's not be like Jeroboam or Rehoboam and have all this opportunity and blow it. Have you given your life to Jesus on that level yet? That's what I'm asking. You remember Rehoboam? He said he wouldn't just use whips, but he would use scourges, those whips with the pieces of metal in them so that they wouldn't just sting, but they would tear the flesh to make the pain severely worse. I want you to hear Mark 15, verse 15. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, sent Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. Friends, Jesus took that bad of a punishment to pay for our penalty of our sin. We broke God's law. We sinned. We we blew it. You have blown every opportunity to be saved on your own doing we all did. I did. And so Jesus took that bad of a punishment to pay for my penalty and for your penalty, the penalty of our sin, which is death. And a lot of people know this. They know that Jesus died on the cross. They know it in their mind, but their heart is not yet believing it. See, you've got to get it from the head and you've got to swallow it down into the heart where it becomes an actual belief. But the reason a lot of people are not believing it, though they know it in their mind, the reason they're not really believing it, they haven't put it down there in the inner man's spirit to believe it yet, is because they're being distracted from seeing who God really is. 
They're looking more at their culture. The culture says, no, you need more money. No, you need these fancy clothes. You need the bigger car. You need the fancy house. You need all this material stuff or you're just not good enough. You have to have, have, have all this stuff. And your thinking is corrupted by your culture, just like Jeroboam's thinking was was corrupted by Egyptian culture to have that golden calf. You have set up false gods in your life. Well, but I said Jesus is Lord a long time ago. Yes, but you're living according to your culture. You're not doing what God says. Do you remember how Jeroboam set up those substitute holidays? And he even timed the holidays that he made up. He timed them to coincide with the real biblical holidays that were going on in Jerusalem, just so that he could distract people away from worshiping the Lord the way the Lord wants to be worshiped. Friends, I hope you realize just how much I can relate to Shemaiah for sticking his neck out to speak up because I feel like I am sticking my own neck out every time I speak up to tell Christians why they should back off from all of those fake substitute holidays that our culture has purposely timed to coincide with the real biblical holidays that are going on today in Jerusalem. How many of you Christians have partaken of Passover? How many of you Christians have celebrated Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles? How many, do you even know what that is? If you don't, it's because other holidays have been put in place to distract you. They've been timed to take place right when the biblical holidays take place to distract you from seeing who your God really is. Now, friends, do you realize that what I just said, it makes people angry? Because we've got all the, you know, we Gentile Christian people, we've got all these great holidays that we jump into and we love them, but they're not in the Bible. Do you know the the holidays that are in the Bible? Have you jumped into those? Well, those are for the Jews, right? No, it's for the Gentile too, because God gives us permission to for the foreigner, the Gentile, like me, to join in, and he wants us to do it his way. And do you know how mad people get at me for stating these things? At the time of this recording that I'm doing here right now, it's it's April 7th in 2022. As I'm saying this, Passover is next month. What is Passover? Well, I'd be happy to tell you about it, and I'm not even Jewish. <laughs> I can tell you what Passover is, and it's very important. Did you know that Jesus is known as our Passover lamb? If Jesus is the Passover lamb, then shouldn't Christians, Gentile or Jew, should we not know what Passover even is? And most Christians don't know. The reason I speak up like this is because I don't want to be responsible for distracting worship away from God the way he wants to be worshipped. In the church that I teach and in this podcast, this radio podcast, what I'm going to do is try to help us all keep our eyes on the Lord God of, not of America, not the Lord God of Egypt, not the Lord God of Japan. God bless all those nations. I've been to several of them. God bless them, the wonderful people. But he is known as the Lord God of Israel. That's his name. Shemaiah, he was sent to Rehoboam to stop a war, to speak up and stick his neck out in a very heated situation where people could potentially get very mad at him. But he was sent to speak up to stop a war and save lots of lives. Remember, Rehoboam backed off and thought, oh, I better not go fight this. 
God bless Shemaiah for sticking his neck out there. Friends, Jesus Christ was sent to stick himself out there to win a war and save lots of lives. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, God prophesied that he would judge Israel's sin. Friends, back in our story in 1 Kings 12, God prophesied that he would judge Israel's sin by sending them Rehoboam, through which judgment would come through Rehoboam's, I'm going to make my the workload heavier. That's how God was going to judge them, through that. But God had also prophesied that he would forgive Israel's sin by giving them Jesus Christ, through which salvation would come. Romans 11.26 And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the Deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them, when I take away their sins. That's so good. Friends, today we saw God use two kings to be the way of judgment, but God sent one king, King Jesus, to be the way of salvation. Jesus took scourges. He was scourged. His flesh was torn for us with that whip called the cat of nine tails. It had the the metal pieces in the whips. It tore his flesh. And that's why God said the affliction, remember when he spoke through the prophet, he said the affliction would not last forever because, friends, that affliction stopped with Jesus. Jesus stopped that affliction that we're supposed to take. Don't try to build up your own kingdom. When you can simply take God up on his offer for him to build up everything for you, allow Jesus to reconcile those old bitter wounds that have kept you held off that have kept you divided from God's kingdom. And it is wise counsel that you do not bypass God out of your life. I encourage you to coronate a new king in a very sacred place. Remember that sacred place, Shechem? That's where they took him to coronate Rehoboam in the sacred place. I encourage you to coronate a new king in a very, very sacred place a place of promise and commitment. No, not in Shechem, but in your heart. King Jesus offers eternal life. Don't waste this grand opportunity. Father God, we come before you in prayer. Anybody that hears me out there today, they want to get right with you. They want things mended. They want reconciliation. Lord God, these people realize I made a mistake and I'm sorry. What do I do? Father, we ask forgiveness for our sins. We thank you you sent Jesus to die in our place and pay the penalty for us. Forgive us, O God. Thank you for what you've done for us. I take you up on it. I want to do things your way now. I will walk away from my old life of sin, and I will do things the way you tell me to do it. Thank you, Lord God, for saving me. I will follow you. I accept your gift of eternal life. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have gotten saved today, I'd like to hear about it. Please write me. Go to setforliferadio.com and drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you and get your encouragement. Remember, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. 
Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.